Get a credit card that gives you what you need now, a low interest rate on everyday purchases, and place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest interest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed, and together they can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit PenFed.org slash gold card. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCU I can't make this work, then I'm going to have to get a real job. Right now, I am out. Hey, listen to me. This is a real job. I'm the one with the job. You're the one who lies around the house all day in a pool of your own slobber. Gary Hoffman. Deep drug of stinking here so bad the livestock wouldn't stay. Shannon Farron. She is washed up. You understand me? She's finished. She's a troublemaker. She's on my list. Gary and Shannon. You can Google it. It's worth a Google. Now for the coup de grace. The only worst decision would be to have Nick do that. Well, I guess you have to stay up there. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. What are you doing? Now, she's standing on the desk because the light was, she said, in her eyes. Is she stuck? Well, she's wearing heels, dummy. Yeah, this was a smart move. Yeah, and she can't. You can't just jump off the counter with heels on. Everybody knows that. <laughs> so, hmm. I get you made it down, and you didn't hurt yourself. Everything's going to be fine. Uh, there was one light that was shining right uh, mm. in my face. Doesn't it seem ridiculously bright? Those well, two back there. Those two are different light bulbs. Those are like yeah. LED. Yeah, and, they and the other ones are warm, yeah. and those are not warm. They don't fade the same way. Nick, we're going to need a couple warm light bulbs in here. We're going to do some electrician work. Yeah, get get John Cobalt in here to change these light bulbs, would you? So that I, seems that seems likely. I uh, had a moment where I felt good for our future. Okay. I was getting my eyebrows done yesterday. Well, you wait, I mean our future, like in general, in the humanity, future of the world for the kids. Okay. And Melissa was doing my eyebrows, and she's a millennial. She's in her early twenties, mm-hmm. and she says to me, "Gosh, I feel I felt so silly. I was uh, up in San Francisco, and I was trying to take a TikTok." of the Golden Gate Bridge, and I was trying to get the right TikTok, and I realized that I racked up $27 worth of tolls (laughs) trying to get the right TikTok. And she says, and I realized, it dawned on me, this is ridiculous. Why do I care that much about getting the right TikTok? So that has begun. The the awakening has begun. The awakening. That is interesting. And you got to witness the patient zero. Absolutely. Well, that's we're gonna good. be okay. We're gonna make it through this long national uh, nightmare. Melissa saw the light. A uh, little bit later this hour, Tim Cates, a host of Dodger Talk from down the hall on AM five seventy LA Sports, is going to come join us to talk about the uh, National League Division Series, which start today. Not just uh, the Cardinals and Astro, uh, sorry, Cardinals and Braves, but the uh, the Dodgers taking on the Nationals tonight at Dodger Stadium. Have fun, by the way. It's going to be a rough you. day for you because you're going to have one eye on the football game tonight and one eye on the baseball. Yeah, game. this is one of those games that I look forward to every year: Seahawks Rams. And uh, I'm not going to be able to delight in uh, in that game because I hate both teams equally. The, you, it's called imprecatory prayer when you pray for something bad to happen to someone. <laughs> Speaking of prayer, yes. shout out to Ellie who sent me a two page single space typed letter about the Immaculate Conception. I appreciate it. 
Were you calling for that? Were you looking for She a- had heard me say on the air something to the effect of, I understand faith and all of that, but where I get tripped up is the Immaculate Conception. Right. I can't wrap my head around that. And so she addressed that thought hmm. in two pages. We should read that later. Sure. Um, we're going to start, though, with the president saying some things today before he left for uh, Florida, I believe is where he's headed. And uh, once again, takes his time with the reporters outside the White House before they gets on to uh, Marine One. And there are a couple things here. To me, none of them were a surprise. I feel like we've heard the president say these before, specifically. China should start an investigation into the Biden. Because what happened in China is just about as bad as what happened with uh, with Ukraine. Now, remember yesterday, while at the White House, a reporter from Reuters asked the president, what was it you were looking for President Zelensky from Ukraine to do? What What were you looking for from him when you brought up Hunter and Joe Biden on that phone call from back in July? And he, he didn't answer. I mean, he was he was upset about other things, including the United States covering the bill for Ukraine's defense, et cetera. But he didn't explain why bring up Joe Biden. What was he looking for from Zelensky. Well, I would think that if they were honest about it, they'd start a major investigation into the Biden. Okay. Let's not gloss over the fact he is doubling down. He is so pissed off that this impeachment inquiry was started because of his phone call with the Ukrainian president. He's so pissed off about that. He thinks he's within his rights to call for Ukraine to investigate Biden. He thinks that's well within the bounds. And he's so pissed off that everyone's crying foul about that so much so that they're moving to impeach him that he's doubling down now and calling for China to investigate the Bidens because he is so pissed off. But here's a question. Uh, I think what Hunter Biden did was dirty. Accepting a job where he had absolutely no experience working with natural gas industry, doesn't understand the the language, um, is being paid basically because of his last name, because they knew that his father, then the vice president, was the point man for United States relations with Ukraine. They were hoping against hope, this this company that hired Joe, uh, Hunter Biden, they were hoping against hope that that would carry some influence. If you can't prove that there was any influence there – then Burisma, this national, this uh, natural gas company, they're just they were hoping to get some sort of uh, some sort of corruption and ended up didn't end up getting. I'm not, I'm not saying I've come to that conclusion. The I'm saying the principle alone is it, problematic. It's horrible, right? It's it's problematic. And we've said that that uh, you get to a certain level of politics and almost all of your actions are prob- are going to be problematic. But the same thing with China. If if Hunter Biden is being hired and paid by people who are only paying him for his last name. Is that illegal? No, it's, and it's done in America every all the time. Day. It's dirty. <laughs> there are a lot of people who have jobs based solely on that last name, and they have no business being in those posts. Well, that's why I think Joe Biden can go around and say, we did nothing wrong. Then why isn't he? Why is he getting out in front of this thing more? Joe Biden? Yeah, because uh, it's it's making me wonder, well, what, what went on then? I, if it's just them using hunter biden for his last name and there was no quid pro quo why isn't biden out in front of this going hey investigate all you want let's go come on ukraine come on china i wonder if it's Dig just in. an admission that it's an it's a dirty thing 
Like it's a it's a low down, dirty way to make money. Just yeah. uh, the fact that. Well, that- yeah, but like we said, who who doesn't engage in that in this country? I mean, come on. Uh, who the- doesn't engage in nepotism like that? Right. And that's why, at the, to, up to this point, I don't think anybody has found any sort of corruption in there because I think that they would have uh, they would have accepted corruption had it come their way. But just for the fact that they hired Hunter Biden, it, you know, hoping that his name was going to bring them some sort of good graces with the Ukrainian government or, more importantly, with the United States government. About the China thing, by the way, uh, Rudy Giuliani and the president have tried to raise suspicions about Hunter Biden and his business dealings in China. This is based off the uh, the writings of a conservative author, Peter Schweizer. There's no evidence that uh, Biden benefited financially from his son's business relationships. Yeah. It seems like it was just Hunter Biden that was benefiting. Right. Uh, and and there's that's going to be a hard egg to order. Yeah, to, I mean, to he be was able benefiting Joe did. off the fact that his father was vice president. Yeah. Uh, Again, which isn't great. dirty. Dirty, not great, but not corrupt. Totally dirty, totally unethical, but not illegal at this point, right. as far as we know. So... That that's kind of the the frustrating part about all of this, and I understand the president's frustration as well because he's saying, "Listen, Hunter Biden is dirty. He used his family name. This is a horrible way to go about doing business." I just don't know if it's going to rise to the level of uh, anybody being caught up in any sort of corruption charges, either here or uh, overseas. Well, there was a scene in a courtroom in Dallas yesterday that I have never seen uh, years of covering sentencing for for murder. I have never seen this. It's usually quite the opposite. The murdered person's brother embraces the woman who murdered him. We'll talk about that when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Like, if I go after you about something, it's not going to be truthful. No, it's my beat cup or something Right, like that. exactly. <laughs> uh, Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. It is already, is it Thursday already? It's Thursday already. Tomorrow, we are going to be live at uh, the Huntington Beach Pier. We're going to be out there for the Great Pacific Air Show. Um, sort of giving our perspective as a, as a pilot and a sometime airline passenger about what's going on <laughs> in the uh, in the air show. And I think tomorrow, I think we should make a rule that we get one I word, we get one T word, maybe a P word in there. But other than that, we try to keep it politics free tomorrow, or or at least not spend a whole lot of time talking about. What goes on in Washington, D.C.? Tomorrow should be fun. It's What's the I word? Impeachment. Oh, yeah. that's the first time I've heard that word in the last four minutes. Right. So, I, I mean, that's an example of how we should try to keep things a little bit I, more fun. Tomorrow. I could not agree more with you. Uh, this is interesting. MGM Resorts International has reached a settlement that could pay up to $800 million to the families of the 58 people who died there on the Route 91 Music Festival as that shooter fired from that high-rise hotel. $800 million. We'll have to talk more about that in a few minutes. Right now, the Dow is up about 41 points. I mean, it's minuscule. Yesterday, we, of course, saw drop several hundred points because of some uh, disappointing reports on the economy. But things are uh, bumping back up. They've stabilized at least a little bit, so... 
Um, there are uh, more discussions about what's going on in Washington, D.C. with uh, they say a key witness is going to be testifying in the whistleblower scandal, testifying right now. And Congress, by the way, if I'm not mistaken, they're in a break technically, even though there are still people there who are uh, getting some work done. This is a uh, this is a story I was not expecting to look at yesterday, and, and it it was a powerful, powerful image if you haven't seen it yet. Amber Geiger is the former Dallas police officer who was convicted Tuesday of murder for a killing that happened when she turned up at an apartment she thought was hers, but it was one floor off, and she hears somebody inside. She opens the door, sees a man inside, fires two shots straight to his heart. He died. She was convicted, actually. The jury had a uh, had a choice. It could be either her actions were the actions of any reasonable person in that moment who fears of an intruder inside their own home, or they could say that it was manslaughter where her actions were egregious and disregard, she disregard, disregarded human life in that moment, but yet there was no intent. Or they could vote to convict for murder, that it was an intentional killing, and they chose murder. The sentencing was yesterday, so that man's family, his mother, his his friends, his other family members, and his brother all spoke. One of the things that um, that the brother said, Brant, he looked directly at Amber Geiger from the witness stand and said that his brother would have wanted her to turn her life over to Christ and that if she asked God for forgiveness, she would get it. And he said, I love you as a person. I don't wish anything bad on you. Again, he's ref- he's talking to the woman who killed his brother. And he says, I don't know if this is possible, but can I give her a hug? He's asking the judge. And the judge says, okay. They both stand up. They meet in front of the bench. And he hugs her while she's crying. In what I saw described in one of the reports was a very long embrace. They're both sobbing. And then the judge comes down off the bench and hugs this sobbing woman who has just learned that she's going to get 10 years in prison and gives her a Bible. The judge opened the Bible to a certain passage and then gave it to the defendant. A black bailiff in the courtroom also patted the defendant's hair. I guess it's important to note that the judge is black, the brother is black, and this Bailiff is black, and this is a white woman, and there was a lot of racial tensions after she shot and killed this this black man in, in the streets, showing that there is a bias that the police department has and that other people have uh, against black people. Here's one of the differences that I see in this case. I mean, a lot of people have been suggesting, what if this was a black woman and a white man, or it, what if it was a black uh, police officer and a white woman who was the victim? There's... There's legitimate, hardcore remorse on this woman's part. Yes. I'm not wiping away anything that she did. It was She should go to jail for what happened. I don't know if manslaughter or murder would have been my decision if I was on that jury, but she should go to prison because of the negligence, at least, that she showed in this situation. And then choosing to put herself in a place where she would have to use deadly force to stop this guy as opposed to calling for backup, even if it's her own apartment. If it was a white guy, would she perceive the threat to be that strong? Right. But here's the thing. She showed remorse from the moment this happened. She showed remorse. And the difference between uh, somebody who shoots a police officer, for example, 
and gets convicted. Would the family of the police officer come forward and hug this uh, whoever did it, hug the gunman in that case? Would the judge come down off the bench and offer praise and a Bible to the person who shot a police officer? I am blown away by people when they react like this. It's not the first time we've seen a family member say, I forgive you to a defendant who took the life of their loved one. But it blows me away. It makes a hell of a good case for being religious. And I can't I can't wrap my head around. I think we've said this before. If someone did something to my kids, to my sisters, to my wife, the idea of forgiveness doesn't – it's not anywhere in my no. universe at that point. No. The pain it would – but imagine the the guts it took for the brother to come down off the stand and do that. To the woman who took his brother's life. Gives me chills. So anyway, that's a – that's a big deal. But she's going away for uh, for a 10-year sentence in Texas. Coming up next, we'll get more on this $800 million settlement uh, announced with the victims of that massacre in Las Vegas. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I have gotten up on this desk to fix the light. You have gotten up to fix the light. And I just saw on Conway's Instagram, he last night got up on side uh, on the desk to fix the light. Well, and the, the, the problem is what you pinpointed. It's that. It's the, they're the, the LEDs. Bulb. Yeah, the bulb is different. It's not the warm light. It's and I, the uh, makes you want to jump out of a window well, light. You, you wouldn't be able to do... All you did was kind of spin the little fixture so it was not pointed directly in your face. Yeah. I spun it even more because it was... Then you spun it into my face. I oh, I apologize. Uh, but you would not be able to do that to that light right there because that thing's hot. You would not be able to touch it to yeah. spin it. So I don't know. Anyway. President calling... Welcome to our... On China. I guess we didn't have to do that. No, we didn't air. have to. But. All right. Uh, President calling on China to look into the Bidens. Of course, he is already involved in this impeachment inquiry over his request of Ukraine to investigate the Bidens. So doubling down today, because as I as I said, and I believe he thinks he's well within his right to call on foreign company, uh, foreign countries to investigate his political rivals. <laughs> I just don't – I don't know. I have, people suggest, they, oh, that's just what people do and that's what we should – you know, it's okay. It's not okay. It, we should not be okay with that. Plus, if they don't come up with anything, I mean, if it just turns out that Hunter Biden is a bad actor but not but not a, doing things illegally, then what? The, then we're now going to accuse China of being corrupt and in the pocket of Joe Biden? That's ridiculous. And, and does it make it worse that he's asking China to investigate? Uh, yes. Yes, it does. Um, the uh, Kamala Harris, by the way, I saw this today. There have been suggestions that she is done, waning, 
not doing well in terms of polling in her home state of California and that the the uh, campaign of hers is scrambling. They did recalibrate some senior staff roles and apparently have come out with this idea that Iowa is going to be her home. They'll put her in that state every week for the month of October in an attempt to try to get some ground, uh, gain some ground, I should say, in uh, in Iowa. The Iowa caucuses, of course, at the very beginning of February. Now is the time to make some noise if you're going to do it because she has been falling. It was October two years ago when a monster was holed up inside his room on the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay Hotel and fired into a crowd at a country music festival below. The deadliest mass shooting in American history, modern American history, 58 people were killed, hundreds more injured. We got a word today from one of the lawyers for the victims that the settlement would be somewhere between $735 million and $800 million to resolve just about all of the lawsuits and claims against MGM related to the shooting. Remember, there was surveillance video of this guy taking bags and bags and bags up to his room. Inside those bags was the arsenal that he used to kill all those people. Yeah, this is um, MGM tried to block the victims recovering uh, from recovering any money from the company. They argued this uh, law that was passed after the September 11th attacks that meant that GM, uh, sorry, MGM enjoyed a shield from liability because the shooting qualified as an act of terrorism. And because of that, MGM argued that its interpretation of the law meant it should not have to pay any damage claims to any of the injured concert goers. But the, the problem is, Well, there's a couple of problems. Number one, MGM looks like the giant a-hole in all of this because they actually sued more than a 1,000 people who had filed cases or indicated that they would be filing cases against MGM. You're you're already dealing with a massive, massive PR nightmare because nobody, nobody saw that this guy was taking a small country's armory into his suite there at uh, Mandalay Bay. And even though there were all kinds of clues, et cetera, that that something hinky was going on there and they didn't see it. Uh, The settlement does track the contours of a deal that MGM said a couple of months ago was reasonable, reasonably possible. They already put it in the neighborhood of about 800 million. So that's uh, the thing with that one, too, is you never found anything out. You never found out what triggered this guy. You never found out what was going on inside his head. Very little to learn from what was the deadliest mass shooting in modern American history. Uh, all right, we come back. A little bit lighter subject. We have the, the National League Division Series starting today. Uh, Cardinals are taking on the Braves in the first game, and then the Dodgers host the Washington Nationals tonight. I'm game stressed one of the out. Division series. Stressed out about Should this. Should be. I mean, Should be stressed uh, out. Those starting pitchers. But once they get into the bullpen... They're going to have some problems with the Dodgers. Their best chance is today against Patrick Corbin, mm-hmm. uh, because you don't want to see Strasburg. You don't. You, it, this is you're going to see him. I know, but all right, we'll get the expert on when we come back. Gary and Shannon. Some people got the real problems. Some people not alone. Some people think I can solve Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. 
President's in uh, Florida today. He's at the Sharon Morse Performing Arts Center. Oh, yeah, that's Central Florida, right? Everybody knows that. Sure. Silly. Uh, He's going to sign an executive order today, um, and I understand it has to do with uh, the autism program that he's been working on, uh, and it signs an executive order. But, of course, he will, since he's in front of the microphone right now, talk about what's going on with um, impeachment, uh, Democrats, et cetera, et cetera. Again, I think tomorrow when we're out at Huntington Beach for the Great Pacific Air Show, we're not going to say the I word. We're going to say it maybe one time. Let's just have uh, a good time. Let's just have a nice little Friday. That'd be fun. How about politics free Friday? When's the last time you spent Friday at the beach? It's been a while. It's been a long time. It's been a while. I spent last Saturday at at a beach for a while. Why? Because I was in Miami Beach. Yeah, but Friday. That's a key. It's got to be a Friday. It's got to be a Friday. Uh, There is apparent knife attack that happened at a Paris police headquarters. Left three officers and an administrator dead. Looks like uh, it was an employee. He gone too, right? They shot him. Um, At the top of the hour, we're going to talk about this new uh, homicide library from the FBI and the LAPD trying to bring some some new hope to some cold cases. And those are always one of our uh, big, fun topics that we get into is these old cold cases. All right, stop talking about news. uh, We've got Tim Cates in here, host of Dodger Talk, uh, Raiders pre and post- he does it all. He does it. He does all it all, and he K- does it all day. KLAC. What a downer you guys are! Impeachment Sorry. talk, stabbings. I know. Let's get to some important stuff. The twenty-five man roster of the Dodgers. That's right. DS. Let's no, go. no yeah, surprises. No real surprises. Tony Gonson, the rookie, is out on their twenty-five man roster. But other than that, four rookies who will all contribute. Two of which will start tonight for the Dodgers. Will Smith and Gavin Lux. Yes. Will they start? Yeah, well, Gav- probably Gavin Lux will start. Okay. Will Smith definitely will start. Do you think Cody Bellinger needs them to beat the Nationals? <laughs> Do I think Cody Bellinger needs them, the rookies? I'm just saying he seems to be doing it all. I mean, well, yeah. I mean yeah. They need Cody Bellinger to keep doing that. Right. And not turn into a different person in October like some of these guys have done in big series. Like when the Yankees came to town in August, all of a sudden Cody Bellinger – he went, to, he went to sleep. Yeah, all, the entire offense went to sleep, and the Clayton Kershaw gave up home runs. I'm Speaking hearing of, nerves. I'm hearing. I'm hearing that you're nervous. There are some nerves. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if the Milwaukee Brewers were in town tonight, I'd be a lot more optimistic and happy. But you guys again brought me down with the I word and stabbings. And sorry, that's that reality. My fault. Jeez, uh, reality sucks. So, but tonight <laughs> Walker Bueller is starting. Yes. This is the second time that we've seen a postseason where Clayton Kershaw is not really the number one starter. Yeah. The. Uh, the tides have turned here as far as the ace of this rotation now is Walker Bueller. Remember, he started Game 3 of the World Series, the only game they won last year. He had no decision. He started Game 7 of the NLCS in Milwaukee. They won that game. And he started Game 163, that uh, playing game that would decide who was going to win the True. NL West last year at Dodger Stadium against the Rockies. So he's pitched in big games. The problem is, at home and at road, they've got such completely different stats. Ryu and Clayton Kershaw, they're really good at home. Like, 20-3 and three combined record. On the road, they're like a couple of games over 500 combined. But yet, one of those guys is going to have to start on the road in Game 3 on Sunday. What does that do to Clayton Kershaw's mental uh, state? I think he's beyond that. I think if this were a couple of years ago, it would be a complete shock to him. Okay. But now that he's, uh, now that he's got Skechers as his official shoe... He's realizes what kind of uh, life he's, he's like. In. Joe that Montana. Brings, Sketchers yes. somehow yeah. bring clarity to you. Is yeah, that... you're in a different part of your life. You've kind of. Uh, I'll never forget when transition. I looked down at LAX in that uh, bin 
going through TSA line and I saw Joe Montana holding a sketcher shoe like a football, like dropping back to pass. I got sad. You had a single tear. I got sad. I mean, come on. Well, it really symbolizes where you're at in life, it, your shoe. It does. <laughs> and when you get to Skechers. When you fall you know past Nike and Adidas yeah. and even New Balance to Skechers. Uh, if Patrick Corbin goes tonight for the Washington Nationals, actually, he is going for the Washington Nationals. This is really their best chance to get a win, right? I mean, because if you've got Scherzer and Strasburg waiting for games two and three. Well, possibly three and four at home. They may go with Anibal Sanchez. In game two, depending oh, really? on what happens tonight, because Strasburg threw nearly 50 pitches a couple days ago. Right. Obviously, Scherzer pitched and started that game in the wild card game. But tonight, Patrick Corbin's really good, and Dodgers struggle against left-handers. This is a guy who pitched for Arizona for a lot of his career, so the Dodgers know him. He's pretty filthy. What I want to know what your Monday, uh, was it Monday night? Tuesday night looked like when the Brewers were leading the Nationals 3-1, to one mm-hmm. and everything looked fine. So, and they're bringing uh, in Josh Hader, and you're like, yeah. that's one of the greatest pitchers that we've seen. guy looks like an active shooter. And then you hit a guy, and another guy gets a broken bat single. and then, So uh, I was listening to the show on my way home, and Vasse was talking about, oh, Juan Soto is the most uh, underrated player mm-hmm. in the league. And <laughs> so, Juan, so Juan Soto steps up to bat, and I say to my husband, Husband, uh, this guy's the most underrated player in the league because I'm trying to look all smart and sportsy. <laughs> and then he hits that three-run double, and I looked really smart and sportsy. It was a good night. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, he's good. 20-year-old Juan Soto. He's good. But I was emotionally up and down that night because I was on a, a cleanse for three days, a juice Whoa. cleanse. And so it really messes with your emotions. Good time to do it, right? Right before the postseason. I didn't know you were Jewish. No. A juice cleanse. Got it. Juice cleanse. What are you, Gwyneth Paltrow? What's going on? I'm trying to look like her. You're Red State Kate. I know. I know. My wife wanted to do it, and uh, I decided uh, to do it with her. You mix in a steak. I, I, I agree. I agree. But I did the cleanse with her, and so I was starving myself, and they were so happy that the brewers were winning, and that I was so emotionally down throwing things when really? they lost. I get very into games. How often do you Especially do when these... you're not, nu- uh, not nutritionalized? Yes. How nut- often? Lacking protein? Yes. How or often do you do these uh, Once a year, I do a cleanse. Good Lord. Yeah, can you wait until... System. Yeah, right. do, yeah, do it after baseball season. Like, yeah, you, Wait till November think. 1st. You would think. Because then wife, you could still have all of your Halloween candy and... Not to peel back the curtain, but it was a... A, a bathroom-heavy de- day? It was a deal on Groupon, so, you know. Oh, oh my gosh. Needed to buy it now. You only got 10 hours until it expires. Um, uh, one more thing. Uh, Vasse says Rue. Everyone else says Ryu. What mm-hmm. is it? It's both. Really? What? Whatever, it's whatever you want it to be. We thought it was That's Ryu. That's a very Vic the Brick answer. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> the path has no path. It's, I think, like traditional Korean people say it's Ryu, but we all say Ryu. I think you can go, just don't call him Ryu. That's Ooh, wrong. That would That's be. disrespectful. So it's Rue or Ryu. Either is correct. Sure. Go I'm going to go with Rue because then it sounds like I speak another language. Uh, <laughs> Nationals Dodgers tonight, 537 is the first pitch. You can hear all the action at AM 570, of course. When does the pregame start for you guys? Pre-game, it's 530 first pitch. Yeah, 430 pregame, but Petros and Money will be out there starting at 1 o'clock. Hey, how much weight did you lose on that cleanse? Uh, I think like four pounds. Wow, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah, but I just gained it all back. I went across the street to Whole Foods and just loaded it up. <laughs> you are $13 worth of breakfast. One fell swoop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the other game that's on today as well, Cardinals at the Braves. That's a 2-0-2 first pitch tonight. On, what time uh, on the Giants TV. play, guys? <laughs> I'm sorry? I couldn't hear you. What? I'm sorry? That's good. That's good. <laughs> I'm sorry. They're, they're at home polishing their World Series trophies. Oh, are they helping Bruce Bochy pack? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And Madison Bumgarner? 
Well, pack. I, uh, not clear on that. Did you see that was a very nice moment oh. when when, uh, when Clayton Kershaw threw him seven fastballs? Tip the cap. Yes. Very that was a very nice moment. Very, very emotional. Good. All right. Coming up next, Thanks we will get back to up. the news. We're yeah. got, what are we doing? Oh, right. The cold case library. The LAPD and Thanks, the Tim. FBI have opened a cold case library, hoping to get some new hope for those old cases. Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. San Francisco's actually looking at doing something that may help it with its homeless problem. Looks like there is a law, a state law, that would allow the city to expand conservatorship. Court-ordered mental health treatment. Doesn't that sound nice? Makes perfect sense. I told you I was eating... uh... I was eating dinner last night, uh, sitting next to a guy across the little aisleway from a guy who was clearly dealing with uh, a different plane of reality, shall we say? He was literally wearing Sony Walkman headphones from the uh, from the mid '80s and reading a single page of a newspaper that he had apparently torn out of a news. I couldn't tell if it was recent. He was just reading it, flip it over, read it. Flip it back over and keep reading it out loud. You wanted to 5150 that guy? Not necessarily. It wasn't harmful. It didn't look like he was going to hurt anybody. But um, he ate nine scoops of chocolate ice cream at the uh, Denny's that I was at last night. Nine scoops of chocolate ice cream. I see no problem. He was filthy. You went to Denny's? (laughs) I thought we talked about not going to Denny's. What about it? Well, there's a million places you could go in Hollywood. While you wait for your daughter to finish at the concert. Yeah, but I wanted to be, I was right there. It was just a couple blocks away. It was fine. All right. I didn't get food. Po- Wait a minute. <laughs> what did you have? I just had tilapia. Their, like the, <laughs> can, I get, can I get the tilapia rare, please? Because <laughs> at Denny's, that's how you have yeah. to order. Can I get, do you guys have a sushi plate? Like some sort of a roll plate that I could go with? <laughs> No, I just went with a sandwich. It's easy. Well, uh, with every murder investigation, there is a murder book or murder books. I've covered uh, cases where there have been like 12 or 14 murder books, these three ring binders uh, that contain all of the evidence in the case. They contain, you know, the uh, the. The witnesses reports, the pictures of witnesses, the crime scene photos, of course, medical reports, uh, notes scrawled from detectives, tips, other evidence. It's all compiled in these murder books. Well, a huge effort to digitize those murder books has come to fruition with the LAPD and the FBI. The Homicide Library has opened. It's a joint effort, and it opened yesterday. 5,000 solved and unsolved homicide files have been digitized, which should make it easier for detectives to use that library to go back and figure out those cold cases. And like you said, these murder books contain everything about the the crime itself, crime scene photos, uh, witness reports, medical reports, notes from the detectives, the the interview notes that are scrawled on yellow paper, tips, any other evidence that might be in there. 
And this, there are 5,000 of them now, and eventually they said they'll be able to store 15,000 cases that date all the way back to, say, 1960. The officers say the technology will save time and resources for detectives who might have otherwise spent weeks tracking down the materials from the cold case archives. This is also going to be good for victims' families. It will allow allow a centralized location to help families who call and want to check up on the status of their case. The officers can quickly respond to that, whereas it might be weeks down the line when they would get that return call. One of the South Bureau detectives that was uh, there for the opening of this library says that they've already used this thing to look up old cases and make some connections with new ones. I am plowing through, trying to plow through um, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, the uh, Michelle McNamara book about the investigation into Golden State Killer. Now, aren't you frustrated in that book with the lack of information sharing between the jurisdictions? Well, and that I mean, when I saw this story today, that's the only thing I could think of was there were so many opportunities. You know, it, it took a couple of either crime scene technicians, you know, lab techs that were involved that noticed some of these uh, similarities, at least on the basics of the cases that were connected. And then eventually when DNA came along, it confirmed their suspicion that some of these cases were going to be connected. But the detectives didn't have either the opportunity to share the information back and forth quickly. You know, email wasn't a thing. And somebody in Orange County may be trying to call somebody from Ventura County or Santa Barbara County, but that doesn't mean that the information is going to be shared very quickly. Right. So this type of a thing, you know, digitizing this type of information can go a long way towards solving some of these cases. And I don't know, this is a weird statement, but I was reading this, you know, in the process of reading that book and seeing how we share information now compared to what we did 30 years ago, 40 years ago. I don't know if there's such thing as a serial killer anymore that would have a death toll as high as we've seen in the past. Yeah, the cooperation is much better now than it was. It's embarrassing when you think about all the egos that got involved with not sharing information. from department to department. I told you about that Netflix show, Unbelievable. It's based off a series of sexual assaults that did occur uh, in recent years, or maybe maybe 10 years ago or so. And it was the same kind of situation. It was a situation where there was a rape in one county and then a rape in another. And they were right next to each other, but they thought that the perpetrator knew there was no information sharing. So he would move around from jurisdiction to jurisdiction to commit his crimes. That's how he was able to keep operating. It was only when a detective talked to her husband about the case she picked up, about the rape case. He happened to be a cop in another county. He said, wow, I know so-and-so is working on a case where uh, the the girl was also tied up with string or whatever the, the particular thing was. And it was just based on that conversation, that loose conversation of, oh, yeah, you know, that those sound kind of familiar. And it's just odd that there wasn't a database where you can put in girl tied up with string, uh, hands behind her back or whatever. And then somebody else could search for that in the database when they have a, a victim where that happened. Well, remember, I mean, just speaking along those lines of, of cops kind of running into each other and accidentally stumbling onto similar cases – we were talking about that Texas Ranger who was in uh, interviewing Samuel Little, right? The guy from that had you know pleaded guilty to three murders here in California, but may have had as many as fifty victims, if not more. And he was in Florida doing like an evidence seminar and happened to run into a detective who was working a similar case. Hey, maybe this guy's good for my uh, for my murder case as well. And that sort of started this you know them down this path. 
But had he not run into that detective in Florida, of all places, when they were investigating a murder in Mississippi by a guy who was in jail in California, that never would have come come to fruition. Will we be able to put people who are mentally ill away? State hospitals were all done away with because there was unfair treatment, and it seems like we never came up with a solution. This might be the start of something. Gary and Shannon will continue in a moment. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I have proof that Bernie Sanders listens to this show. This better be good. Bernie Sanders will participate in the next Democratic debate. Yeah, feel the burn! On October 15th. Of course, he's 78. He recovered or he's recovering from a procedure to treat a clogged artery after some chest pain at a campaign event. And yesterday you said, I don't think he's going to go to that debate. I don't think think he can. And he heard you and he said, my challenge. You bet your sweet ass, Hoffman, that I'm going to be there. That's what he said. (laughs) Hey, we already got one email that referred to us as, let me see. Morons, ignorant. Is it because dumbass. we love the president or hate the president? No, no, no. We got two competing comments yesterday about that. No, this one. Uh, somebody thought that we love the president too much, and somebody thought that we hate hated the president too much, which we, is confusing. We were talking about people using their last name for to profit, basically. Oh, that right. Hunter Biden would use his last name to profit. Yeah. And uh, this this guy said. Um, what you two morons forgot to mention is they can't use the office of the president or vice president to enhance you or your family's lives or careers. The emoluments clause. I think it's the... Uh, uh, how do you explain what's going on with the, the current president then and all of his Trump properties well, and all of the, uh, the, all the people that have rushed to the Trump properties because he's the president? Because they want to kiss up to him. Yeah. But the thing is, is he driving that or are people... Doing that to kiss up to him. I don't know. I, I, listen, it's all of this. Furthermore, hasn't every, every ex-president used their office to uh, to make money with speeches and books yeah, and everything? When you're out of office, that's yeah. totally fine. But this one, the titles clause specifically deals with foreign governments and the impact that they would have on. You can't receive a title of nobility, all of that sort of thing. I mean, remember, when they wrote this, is the 18, 1700, so it wasn't like... A, uh, we get a lot of titles of nobility anymore. You should be a duchess. Thank you. San Francisco is um, is trying to deal with, well, I shouldn't say they're trying to. They are pretending to deal with the homeless problem. Um, and if they would get their feelings out of the way and start dealing logically with the amount of uh, human fecal matter that's in the streets of San Francisco, we might see a difference here. There was a bill signed by the governor yesterday. It is a state law written by Scott Weiner, Democrat out of San Francisco. And it allows San Francisco San Francisco to expand conservator, conservatorship, which is court-ordered mental health treatment, 5150 situation. This would apply to those who are severely mentally ill, addicted to drugs, and have been taken to the ER. Uh, think of Britney Spears. 
This is probably the highest level, or at least in terms of highest profile issue of conservatorship we've seen in some time where somebody who is not well has to have things taken care of for them. And in this, in her case, it was her father that was in charge of not just mental health treatment, but finances, family arrangements, travel, that sort of a thing. Um, so State Bill, uh, Senate Bill 40, I should say, builds on a law that was passed earlier this year, Senate Bill 1045, also written by Scott Weiner of San Francisco, But that one, 1045, was only expected to apply to about five people in a state of 40 million. Because it had a requirement that the court first determine whether patients should be offered assisted outpatient treatment. This new law leaves that decision in the hands of the clinicians. The new rules can also, it doesn't say that they will be, could also be adopted by the counties of Los Angeles and San Diego, which would be huge. Now, London Breed, the mayor of San Francisco, has said that the city is not going to make a measurable difference on its streets unless it has more power to compel the severely mentally ill people into treatment. Amen. That, that is the that is the smartest thing. There's a few logical things that she has said. That may be the top of the heap. It's right Scott there. Weiner as well. Right. I mean, I don't I can count on one hand the times that he has made sense to me, but here, absolutely. And I wonder if if the next step in this is to lower that bar of determining what is severely mentally ill. You know, because it sounds like I don't know enough about this bill specifically, the Senate Bill 40, if it deals with people who are a harm to themselves or others. But if you were to able to lower that down just a little bit more then you'd have an ability to, to treat even more people. Right now they say there are about 600 people who are under these court-ordered inpatient and outpatient treatments in San Francisco. This may be a start. If we've got the most liberal of the liberal coming forth and saying we got a 5150 these people, maybe it's the start of the conversation where what are we going to do long-term with the mentally ill? I mean, it's another case of us behaving irrationally the state hospitals are broken there's abuses going in so let's just get rid of them all together and then never come up with a solution for it that doesn't make any sense that means that all the streets and the communities are absorbing all the crazy and that's not good for anybody it's not good for the people who are living on the streets it's not good for your neighborhoods none of it why can't we do it correctly the other thing is it's going to carve out it, it there are, we've talked about the overlapping issues, this weird Venn diagram that is the problem of homelessness where you've got severely mentally ill, you have drug addicted, sometimes you have a combination thereof. On the outside, you've got people who are dealing with just economic issues that are keeping them from getting into a, a, a house. And then you uh, – on top of all of that and kind of uh, intersecting with all of those circles, uh, veterans who are out on the street, if you're able to at least identify these circles better – then you can understand which which portions we have not fixed yet and then can pay attention to that as opposed to just looking at a giant jumbled picture of what is wrong with homelessness and what causes it. All right, uh, we come back. Weird case, very weird case out of Northern California. A murdered boss for a tech company. His body is found in his girlfriend's stolen SUV. Why the new cannabis laws in California may be uh, involved in this as well. So
Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. President Trump now calling on China to look into former Vice President Joe Biden. He was uh, speaking to reporters this morning outside the White House before he made a trip to Florida today. Man with a knife attacked and killed four people in a police station in Paris. I understand it was right across the street from uh, the Notre Dame Cathedral as well. Uh, The former employee was then shot and killed by other officers. He was able to kill three police officers and administrator before he was shot. Well, it looks like authorities up in Santa Cruz have identified a body as Tushar Atre. Sure. 50-year-old tech executive who had been kidnapped. He was kidnapped from his home at about 3 a.m. on Tuesday. His body was found hours later at a property he owned. Now authorities believe the motive was robbery. Yeah, but there's a couple of questions about business dealings that this guy may have had. He Um, may have been dealing drugs and been completely out of his element. Yeah, it turns out that he was the CEO of a website design company, Atranet, but recently got into the, uh, the cannabis manufacturing business. And he had a license for it. It was a company called Interstitial Systems. And there are some people who have suggested that if you don't tread lightly, even in the legal cannabis market, there will be people to come get you. Grant Palmer is the CEO of Canna Cruise, a well-established dispensary located just a block away from where this guy's cannabis business was. And he said about the, the victim here, he said he's definitely new to the industry, basically unfamiliar with the etiquette about how to do business unfamiliar with how, you know, there are some illegal black market elements in the cannabis industry. And if you don't pay them, bad stuff happens. They're like the mafia. It's like you got to pay. They, they go around and they, they knock on your door of your small business and say, it's time to pay up for your protection. Yeah. Now, Santa Cruz County Sheriff has said that they're not certain that that has anything to do with it. They're still working on the theory that that simple robbery was the motive. But kidnapping a guy three in the morning... And taking his girlfriend's SUV at the time, he was eventually – the body was found in the back of that SUV several hours later. Uh, again, like Shannon said, at a property that he owned. Um, she is, by the way, cleared at this point of any suspicion. They, uh, She has her own uh, cannabis company mm. called Benevolence Bound. Everyone's getting into this, aren't they? We haven't started that. We haven't done that yet. We haven't gotten into the cannabis business? No. Well, we did order drugs to work that one time. Yeah, but we're not... We wanted to see if we could get it before the show was over, and we got it within 90 minutes. I never thought as an adult I'd be able to order drugs to work. Well, you also signed me up for a, a delivery company, and I get... Text messages from them on a regular basis. Well, that's tell me not what deal I'm half get. as bad as the emails that I get from the company that offers midgets for parties. Oh, right. Because I tried to hire a midget for your Super Bowl party. So yeah. I went through the rigmarole of signing up, getting quotes, finding the right midget. And then you said, no, 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 no. We're pulling out of that. That was just a joke. I didn't think you'd actually hire a midget. And now I get alerts uh, all the time. Uh, about midgets that are available for my next event. And some of them are special events, right? Is that what you're saying? Now, the uh, this guy, uh, Tushar Atre, and his girlfriend 
have been dating for some time, but she also lives in Massachusetts, which is weird. She visits him often, would post video to social media on his uh, in his huge oceanfront home on Pleasure Point Drive there in Santa Cruz, which is uh, some pretty high-end real estate. But again, this guy made money doing website design originally and then decided that, uh, hey, why not get into the legal cannabis manufacturing business? As we all learned from Breaking Bad, there is an etiquette. There is a way of doing business when you're selling drugs. And uh, it's dicey. Um, there are some people who, I guess, on Glassdoor, the employment rating site, Glassdoor, say that he is uh, was sorry abusive, selfish, tyrannical to anyone who thinks he is below him. Former disgruntled employee said, I think Tushar Atre is the worst person I've ever met in my life, and I wouldn't wish my worst enemy to work for him. Another one said he doesn't value anyone but himself. You may get a robust product or a paycheck, but it comes with a hefty price because this thing, this CEO thinks he is the only person in this world that matters. He screams abuse at employees. He treats people in ways you would not think possible. Hmm. Now, that doesn't say anything about his this uh, kidnapping case and how he ended up dead in the back of his girlfriend's SUV. But if, in fact, he got into the legal cannabis manufacturing business and there are other people who are saying you've got to do this the right way, this bullheaded tech CEO is doesn't seem to have the personality that's going to allow him to sort of fit softly into a space that's carved out to him, uh, carved out for him by people who are working in the black market. So maybe maybe he stepped on some toes or maybe it just was simple, simple robbery. All right, coming up next, it looks like we've got some new rules for the power shutoffs from the electric companies as we move into more fire weather here in California or Calcutta because we have to cut our power because our utilities can't make their lines be in working order. California Cutta. Oh, that's good. Gary and Shannon will continue. So I drive taxi and the traffic distracts me. Everybody is traumatized by the picture that we have on our Instagram story right now. Who did that? I want to know who did that. So there's a guy that does it like every day for Petros and Money. He imposes their faces on various pictures throughout history, throughout current events. It's really funny, Petros and Money's face on... um, you know, news items and things like that. Well, and, and, they, and then they mix in Tim Cates as well. You did see the one where Petros and Money were on the water slide together. Right? That was the best in, in reference one I've to seen your in story. a long time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, he has now done it with us. He's taken a picture that we took a couple years ago and uh, imposed Petros and Money's and Cates' face on, on the on the whole thing. And it's troubling as it's hell. It's weird. It's really, it's really scary how much I look like Matt Money Smith for reals. <laughs> like, that's not far off. If you go on Instagram, you can see it. Uh, you tap we might be related our, for reals. You tap on our picture and you can see it there. And that's Tim Cates as the clown. I mean, yeah, that's I not Tim Cates the clown. Right. They put Tim Cates' fi- face in there and painted it. And it. that's creepy. That's super creepy. We'll do all of our trending stories uh, at the top of the hour. One of the things you mentioned at the Bernie Sanders campaign says Bernie's Ber- Bernie's Bernie will be at the debate coming up on the 15th of October. Let me just let me just wrap this up for you. 
in September of 2016, Republicans had 11 people on the debate stage, and everybody said that was a disaster because nobody can answer a question in the 47-second time limit that's allotted to you because you have so many damn people on stage. The Democratic Party is putting 12 people on stage together and suggesting they're going to be able to get their message across. 12 people yelling over each other. Mike Pence is defending the president today, defending the president's call that foreign governments investigate one of Trump's rivals in in Joe Biden and his family. Pence told reporters in an event in Arizona today that he thinks the American people have a right to know if the vice president of the United States or his family profited from his position as vice president. And why don't we figure that out? Why? Now, I don't see him defending the president's comments there. That's not what I took from that quote that uh, that all the media is running with. If Pence just said the American people have a right to know if the vice president of the United States or his family profited from the position, that's not him saying he supports asking China and Ukraine to do that investigation. Yeah. Yeah, but because he's the vice president under President Trump, they're going to do whatever they can to make him. Exactly. There was also a suggestion that Mike Pence was kept in the dark about all of this. That's not a surprise to me. If he was, it wouldn't surprise me at all. We uh, have seen the public safety power shutoffs just a couple of weeks ago when the wind swept through northern California. There were a handful of thousands of people who lost electricity because PG&E wanted to make sure that they didn't start any new fires and burn down entire cities. Um, We, at the time, SoCal Edison was dealing with a few suggested or uh, potential shutoffs as well. I don't think they got any more than a few dozen people who had their power cut off as a result of that. But there was some confusion after, of course, the fires in Napa and Sonoma counties and then the campfire last year. There were there were confusing uh, policies, perhaps, for the utilities. So the state legislature stepped in and did something what? They did something, huh? They did something logical. They led uh, – a, there's a couple of bills that the governor signed, actually, that would have some specifics in mind when it comes to these public safety power shutoffs. Senate Bill 167 requires investor-owned utilities to outline protocols – in their annual wildfire mitigation plans that would lessen the effects of shutoffs on these uh, medical baseline customers, individuals with sensitive medical needs. One of the things that the utilities have done is when they start talking about the potential for these shutoffs is they operate their own websites that say, hey, if you live in this area or this zip code or this specific um, outage area, there's a chance you could have your power shut off starting whatever overnight Tuesday or whatever it happens to be. And they have a list of, or they have a specific number of customers in the area that they're talking about. And inside that number, there's a number of those medical baseline customers, those with the sensitive medical needs. If they have life sustaining medical equipment or motorized wheelchairs or whatever, they actually qualify for discount monthly rates. So the utility knows who it is that qualifies under those plans. They know the exact number of customers that would be affected. Newsom also signed SB 560 by State Senator Mike McGuire out of Healdsburg. It is trying to improve the communication surrounding these shutoffs. Uh, He wrote the law last year in response to outrage in his community up there in Healdsburg over limited warnings. 
repeatedly venting his own frustration, saying he shouldn't have to legislate common sense. This bill requires utilities to develop protocols to warn first responders, uh, health care providers, telecommunications companies and other groups about power shutoffs so that they can get the word out. Hey, listen. This is so much more impactful and important than plastic bag bands or straws in a turtle's nose yes. or feelings about language or calling people justice affected. Or the, This is what the state legislature should be doing, not wasting their time on feelings legislation. One of the other things that, this, um, that the governor signed in terms of this package of uh, bills related to wildfires, a new division within the CPUC, the Public Utilities Commission – will hire an independent third party to audit the vegetation management work that the utilities are supposed to be doing and then issue a report that uh, details any problems with that about a year later. Another one, a Senate Bill 209, would require the uh, Office of Emergency Services and uh, Department of Forestry and Fire Protection to establish and lead something called a Wildfire Forecast and Threat Intelligence Integration Center. That seems like a long word. It's a bunch of people sitting in front of computers gathering the information and evidence when it comes to weather reporting, uh, fuel conditions, uh, the placement of different uh, equipment throughout the state, all of that. Listen to how much that costs. Ready? It costs $10 million. That's a drop in the bucket. That's $10 million fewer dollars than the UCLA Kindness Institute. And how much? how much for an earthquake early warning system? Oh, stop. Stop Earl, talking about things we need. $50 million, Let's talk maybe? about kindness and how we can be kind and how kindness can spread. There are very few times when we can look into Sacramento and say, you guys are doing it correctly. This is this wildfire package, it appears, is done correctly. Coming up next, everything that is trending. Also, crotch camera talk. Gary and Shannon. Home, where families connect and memories are made. Find your new home with PenFed, a mortgage partner who brings confidence and value to your home buying experience. They offer low rates and no lender fees and can even help you find a real estate agent through their trusted partners. Let PenFed bring you home. Visit PenFed.org slash home or call 1-800-970-7766. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA, equal housing lender. Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the Airheart Radio app. And tomorrow is a big day. We will be broadcasting out at the Great Pacific Air Show, 10 to 2. It is going to be a good time. We're going to have a fun show. We'll be out there 10 to 2 tomorrow, Saturday. The Fork Report with Neil Saavedra will be broadcasting 2 to 5. And then Sunday, Home with Dean, broadcasting 9 a.m. to 11. When we get to Swamp Watch at the bottom of the hour, some of the Republicans who uh, went after Bill Clinton's impeachment in 1998 uh, have been urging caution and restraint as Congress gets ready to do yet another impeachment, it looks like. They're doing their impeachment inquiry, of course, uh, but we are a couple of steps, just a couple of steps away from a full House vote on impeachment. So we'll talk about that coming up at 1230. What else is going on? Time for What's Happening. 
What's Happening is brought to you by the Orange County Auto Show, October 3rd through the 6th at the Anaheim Convention Center. Las Vegas mass shooting is trending today because uh, not just because it was just the anniversary a couple of days ago, but we had an announcement of a settlement today. Attorneys for about 2,500 of the victims have reached an apparent settlement somewhere between 735 and $800 million to those who sued MGM Resorts International. It was October 1st, just a couple days ago, two years ago, when that monster holed up on the 32nd floor of Mandalay Bay and opened fire. 58 people were killed. Hundreds more were injured. You'll remember MGA, MGM filed a countersuit against the victims in what was really a legal maneuver designed to have the cases consolidated and avoid liability, that did not go well from a PR standpoint, as you can imagine. Even if it was, like you said, this it was just an idea to consolidate it, to keep it all in one place. The The headline was MGM countersues victims. Uh, the story about that B-17 crash from back east is uh, pretty amazing. This B-17 built in 1945 crashed and burned at Bradley International Airport in Connecticut just yesterday morning. Trouble on takeoff, mechanical trouble. It was a four-engine, propeller-driven aircraft. It struggled to get into the air and then slammed into a maintenance building at the airport as the pilots were circling back for a landing. Now, the people on the ground, uh, one of the public safety commissioners there in Connecticut said the lives were likely saved by people including a person who raced to help the victims, people on the plane who helped others escape the fire by opening a hatch as well. And he said, you're going to hear about some specific heroic efforts from some individuals that were in and around that plane area. Robert Riddell, a World War II buff, was one of the passengers who died in the crash. Uh, He and the others paid as much as $450 for a 30-minute ride, posted a picture from inside that doomed plane. This flight was on Robert's bucket list. Those planes are, I know we made a bunch of them. Those planes are beautiful. For some reason, they're such an iconic, you know, the four props, the uh, uh, the gun well there in the front. That's, anyway, that's sad. Well, a high-ranking government meteorologist who oversaw nine key National Weather Service offices has drowned. He was swimming in the rough surf near a beach town of Duck, North Carolina, 58-year-old William LaPenta. Emergency services called to the scene. Swimmer was no longer visible from the beach. He was pulled from the ocean. They tried to uh, give him CPR, but declared dead on the scene there. Hmm. So the National Weather Service put out a weather alert about high surf, and he went swimming. Right. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, TripAdvisor is going to stop selling tickets to see whales, dolphins, or porpoises. Why? Well, because, uh, what was it called? Blackfish? Was that the name of that documentary? That sounds about right. Um, they have a new policy targeting tourists, it looks like, who want to go to places like SeaWorld. I fell in love with Shamu. I remember when my Aunt Marianne took me to SeaWorld for the first time. I must have been eight or nine years old. And I just fell in love with that with that With that little guy, gal. That little guy. Gal. But, you know, it gave me – and this is the thing you face with zoos, right? It gives you appreciation of animals from a young age, and that appreciation goes towards probably growing up, becoming an adult, being more into preservation and all of that. But it also keeps animals in cages. That's always the dilemma with zoos and sea worlds. 
They're taking that. Uh, they're taking that thing. They're not going to sell tickets to SeaWorld and places like it anymore. Homeless hottie alert! Homeless hottie alert! The woman that the police found in a subway station and Gary finds incredibly beautiful uh, may be getting a record deal. Would it be better if I said she was ugly as sin? No, but okay. Well, the effusiveness. With which you speak of her looks, I don't is a little uncalled for. I just said, like, how dare you sexualize a homeless? Oh, whoa, hold on a second! I did not do that. You sexualized a homeless woman. I did not. I did not. I said, if you lined up fifty homeless people, she would be over on the end of the. If you put them on a spectrum of like cleanest to dirtiest that she would be the one or one of the ones that was over on the clean side you said she does not look 52 years old she looks good and yesterday you okay said, i said she didn't look 52 beautiful and i didn't say I she like, looked good <laughs> anyway she's is it because she's so trim? Is that what you're attracted no, to? No. She probably doesn't have it. Watch it. Kristen Chenoweth, also very trim. She is tiny. Sent her a message saying, I want to say to you, you just better continue. She told Good Morning America, Emily did, Emily Zamorka, mm-hmm. real things are happening, real people are talking, and it's just, it's awesome. See, even when you say her name, your tone changes. It's okay to have celebrity crushes. The the person who wants to put her record together, uh, wants to produce her, wants a combination of classical plus electronic dance music. He wants to title it Paradise. See, I, that's yeah. not her lane, is no. it? No. No, she loves opera. She loves gospel. Okay. Let her sing that. I'm sure she has people fighting for her and what she wants to do. I don't think that you need to pick up that cross. What's happening brought to you by the Orange County Auto Show October 3rd through the 6th at the Anaheim Convention Center. You know what, Nick? See if you can get the homeless hottie in uh, studio. (laughs) What? Why are you looking at me like that? Because I think I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to embarrass me. You're trying to... It's news. It is. It's for the sake of news. It would be great to have her in here. Mm -hmm. We could ask all kinds of questions. Gary and Shannon will continue. Let's talk about crotch Crotch cameras. cameras. Love it. Let's take the show up a notch when we come back. Speaking of GoPro. Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640 everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We were talking about that crash of the B-17 bomber in Connecticut and the uh, heroic stories that you were going to hear. There was an airman on board, currently command chief for the 103rd Airlift Wing, and he was able to use his flame-retardant flight gloves that he had brought with him to open up a hatch that allowed passengers to escape the fire. 
in there because obviously he has training and experience handling emergencies on aircraft. But had he not been in there to open up that hatch with that equipment, uh, could have been much worse. Uh, some sports stuff tonight. The Dodgers begin the National League Division Series. They host the Washington Nationals 537 first pitch. Uh, 2 o'clock, I think 202, is the other National League Division Series. Cardinals are in Atlanta to take on the Braves. The American League gets started tomorrow. Rays at the Astros. Yankees hosting the Twins. Um, football tonight. The Rams are in uh, Seattle to take on the Seahawks. I love that game. Yeah, fun game to watch. Mm, hate them both equally. Uh, <laughs> I feel bad, though, because when we were at our last news and brews, um, lady came up and she said, uh, why do you hate the Seahawks yeah. so much? And I said, well, because I'm a, I'm a 49er fan. I think if anybody has to ask that question, there's no there's no real good answer. She seemed to take it personally. Exactly. And it hurt my feelings a little bit. So I don't I don't hate Seahawks fans. That much. I no, mean, and, and you enjoy the rivalry. I enjoy that- the rivalry. Right. Uh, that's just part of it. It's like uh, Packers, Bears, Niners, Rams, Niners, Hawks. I leave the Cardinals out of it because they're never a factor. But you know, it's NFC West stuff. But I, I just want to put that caveat on in there. I don't, I don't hate Seahawks fans. Just, just be Carol and the Seahawks. By the way, something else I would like to apologize for. Yes. Going after Pete Carroll for his gum chewing. Everybody on every sideline chews gum. Pretty much the whole game. Oh, you've realized that now? Yes. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's not just him. Uh, speaking of sports, we have noticed, I don't think anybody said, that in track and field coverage, there are new camera angles to make it look more interesting than just people running around in circles. Crotch cameras. Yeah. Somebody decided that putting cameras in the starting blocks would be a good idea. And part of... I mean, I I think I understand a bit of this. One of the things that's great about sporting competitions at a super high level is you see people use their bodies in ways that you and I could never imagine. Yes. So the explosion of energy that is the beginning of a sprint like that is just amazing. And you want to capture it in a way that's not just, you know, from a camera up on top of the bleachers or it. It makes sense that you'd want to get up close and personal to these people who are taken off running. We're getting more and more angles with every sport that's covered. Right. Uh, you'll see that when you watch Monday Night Football. Uh, Justin Gatlin was prepared for those cameras. He said he made sure he had his lucky underwear on. Yeah. that That's the issue is that. I don't want to see Justin's it, underwear. It Do looks, you? Well, I don't think he's wearing underwear in that thing, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, really? Don't they just wear a singlet? I don't know. Blake, you've run you've run high level international track and field competitions before. When you wear the singlet, the running singlet, are you do you have uh tidy whities of some kind on underneath that or are you just going full Blake? From all the people that I've spoke to and from my own experience, there is some sort of compression undergarment. Okay. Yeah, because, okay. because you can't just let that stuff dangle. Okay, you're right. I see where you're going with that. Like that could be painful, right? If you have those genitals? There's, there's, Painful. Do, well, there's, there's a, the chance of torsion. Well, you're running. Okay, don't do that with your hands because I don't <laughs> think you quite understand how that works. <laughs> no? No, but it would be it would slow you down. How's that? There would be a certain self-preservation mechanism that you would slow down. To oh, I just Googled this. Back in- <laughs> I just Googled it. Um, this is from runningadvice.com. Mm-hmm. 
And it says wearing underwear is usually not necessary under a running short unless you are dealing with chafing or other issues. Okay, well, running short what are often, the other have, uh, often have a liner built into them that will echo the same structural integrity of what would be considered a tidy white. Oh, to I avoid see. Women's yeah, shorts to avoid have them, too. Oh, hey, I wow. didn't no. do that. What do you mean you didn't do that? I did exactly <laughs> no, what you that did. That so unnecessary. The sounds are unnecessary. <laughs> oh, my God. It was really bad. <laughs> the German Track and Field Federation <laughs> filed an official complaint with the organizers that wanted to roll back the use of the cameras in the starting <laughs> oh, blocks. I feel like I I'm going to have nightmares. I don't think you can gloss over what you did. <laughs> I don't like this. Because not only did it give you a look straight into the face of the people while their their heads are down getting ready to take off, it gave you a look at sort of – it's an odd contortion of the body, but it gave you a look at some certain areas that were a little bit more private. Did anybody hear what he just said? Because I just keep I hearing that sound I, effect. I didn't hear any words. Jesus. Hey, I just Googled the best underwear for running, mm-hmm. and for men, it's Under Armour Original Series Boxer Jock. Or the no, no officio give and go brief. Brief is fine. This is good. It's I like tight bodies, but they're black. I think black. that's why a lot of guys wear biker shorts or nobody uh, wears or biker leggings. shorts when yes. they're running. No, guys wear leggings when they run. Yeah, they they are like full that. leggings mm-hmm. now. That's happening. Yeah, yeah. With shorts, you live on top. in Southern California. What do you need your your legs warm I for? I know it's ridiculous. I don't get it. I do. I don't think it's for warmth. Find a firm, confident, supportive. <laughs> brief that's built into your running shorts and go for this it. This one looks good. Men's give and go flyless brief. Mm. Okay. This give and go sounds comfortable if you're dealing with Yeah, but boxer briefs would be a horrible chance. It's uh, not a when you're it's running. not. Oh, it's, it's not? No. There was one you Oh, the Under Armour one you said was a That's brief a tight box. a tight boxer brief. Doesn't matter. Those things with, creep up. It looks up. like some serious infrastructure. Okay, you're doing the thing with your hands again and that's making me uncomfortable. I'm so glad I came to work today. <laughs> Monica, she went like this. She went, it looks like it's got some like, yeah, see? It matches your sound effect, so please don't shame uh, her. Okay, all right. <laughs> Not Damn, this time, I wish, Gary. I wish Not we this had time. HR hotline up in this room. <laughs> what does it sound like again when you're running? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, God, swap watch when we come back. Maybe. If you're wondering if the talk over uh, running underwear has stopped, it has not. Uh, We had a big group conversation about it. It is such a personal thing. We got some feedback on chafing matters. Yeah, for some reason, Blake had to come in and point to how far down his boxer briefs go. Well, and Nick... is running compression briefs. Nick's well, apparently because we're has discussing to go what's a brief and what's a compression short, and you have to identify. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, see, Nick wears biker shorts, you said? No, yeah. he, wears, he, wears, he, wears he wears compression shorts. Compression shorts. Yeah, shorts. Same thing as the um, leggings. It's a leg yeah, thing. Leggings right? go legs. all the way down to, like, your calf, right? It doesn't, I mean, there's different lengths if we want to get technical, but it's for the same purpose. Why do I need tights around my calf? Oh my God, Gary. Does it get cold and cramping? I don't know. Cold? If you have big if you're in legs. Southern California, Blake. I was just trying to help. 
This is the dumbest conversation. It we really apologize is to terrible. anybody who has to listen and <laughs> cannot is, turn uh, the station. This hey, is... but tweet us. What do you wear while you run? Yeah, no. please God. send us pictures of your underwear. Mark Saltzman's going to join us. Oh, <laughs> no, see, no, 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 no pictures. That... You said that. Mark wow. Saltzman's going to join us in the one o'clock hour to talk about uh, the weak passwords <laughs> that Shannon's been using and trying to convince her that FU123 is not very safe. Also, some strange science <laughs> stories coming up, but it's time for Swamp Watch. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Swamp Watch. Well, as we go down this road of impeachment, the Republicans who carried out Bill Clinton's impeachment in 98 are urging caution. Inez De La Cutera is joining us from Capitol Hill once again to talk more about all of this. Who I are really th- hope she didn't hear the underwear talk. She was on hold, so oh, no. yeah, we're, we're sorry. That was a... That's a nervous laugh. It's entertaining. (laughs) Yeah, we're dumb. Well, we want to give you some laugh. We know you've been busy with impeachment talk for the last two weeks. So so who are these people that we're talking about that are urging caution here? Right. So these are Republicans who led the impeachment inquiry and the impeachment proceedings against Bill Clinton in the 90s. And they're urging caution and restraint. Their message is essentially don't rush to judgment here. So they're looking back at the Clinton's impeachment um, or at Bill Clinton's impeachment, and they're remembering how it opened up a new kind of angry chapter of American politics that they say strained Washington institutions. Uh, They're looking back on that time and saying it was an incredibly divisive time, and they're saying we shouldn't uh, rush to to, to get back to that, um, that we should be careful here. So you have former Congressman Bill McCollum of Florida, who was one of the impeachment managers during Bill Clinton's uh, impeachment, he told the Associated Press people ought to wait before they make a judgment on whether or not there's even an impeachable offense out here to be considered until all the facts are on the table. Yeah, right. Like that that, would ever happen. Sorry, Inez. Like that would ever happen in a million years. I mean, everyone's got their mind made up on this thing uh, two weeks ago before it even happened. That's true. That's, that's exactly what he's saying. That this has become such a partisan thing. So he's saying, wait for the for the facts to come out to see if there's actually an impeachable offense here. So then the question becomes, what is an impeachable offense? I feel like there's all this talk about impeachment, maybe not enough about what actually could get the president impeached. So according to the Constitution, the uh, the Constitution says the president, vice president, and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for, and these are the three um, three reasons, so they say for uh, treason, bribery, and other high crimes and misdemeanors. So those are the three kind of potential uh, impeachable offenses that President Trump could be charged for here. Unclear if, if um, you know, this is why there's an inquiry going on, is they're going to try and figure out if, if that um, applies to, to President Trump in this case. I have a question about the impeachment inquiry that you just mentioned. Is that a thing? Is that really a uh, allowed for in the Constitution? Or is this just something that we've kind of crafted to begin the process of a potential impeachment? 
Yeah, I'm not sure about that, actually. I'm not sure that there's anything in the Constitution that actually says that that is the process, that you go through an inquiry and then you you draft articles. I think that's probably something that we've kind of come up with, where, you know, these these, um, inquiries and committees are are put together to investigate the matter, and then they're going to draft articles of impeachment, and then those articles of impeachment are going to be sent to the House, and then they're sent to the Senate. Um, But I'm not sure that's a good question. I'm not sure if that's actually in the Constitution. Hmm. Just a weird I, – I mean, because I know that we've talked about it before and a couple of weeks ago when Jerry Nadler said that they were going to start an inquiry and then Nancy Pelosi came out and uh, <laughs> big-timed him by saying, no, no, we as the entire House, not just the committee, are going to do an impeachment inquiry. It was just confusing to me. And I, I still don't quite understand exactly what's yeah, going on. Yeah, and typically – and I was looking back to, to Nixon and, and Johnson's and, and Clinton's, the, the process is there, and um, it was the uh, Judiciary Committees, I believe, that drafted the, the – that, that carried out these inquiries and then drafted the um, articles of impeachment. In this case, it seems to be the um, House Intelligence Committee that's more involved. So I don't know. It all gets very confusing there, but I think we should stick to – you know, these are the three things that that um, he could get impeached over are treason, bribery, other high crimes and misdemeanors. Something I think is interesting is that high crimes and misdemeanors is not really defined. Um, they could mean all sorts of things. Right. It could mean that there was a violation of the Constitution, that there was an, an abuse of power, um, that the president maybe violated his oath of office. So I think that's probably what they're going to try to get him on. And um, obstruction of justice, of course, is the other the other big one that they've, um, you know, House Democrats have told the president, if you don't comply with our investigation, if you defy subpoenas, then we'll that will be one of the articles of impeachment that we will um, send to the House. And as appreciate your time, another slow day on Capitol Hill. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. All right. And as De La Cotera there on Capitol Hill with the latest on what's going on. Um, hey, uh, coming up next. There is a report that Mike Pence was used like a chess piece Yeah, in this whole Ukraine request that the president investigate Biden. And it may have been all unbeknownst to Mike Pence. Uh, we'll also talk about uh, Kamala Harris and her slipping poll numbers, what she's doing to try to shore up some support as we get into There's nothing uh, she can do. a couple of weeks away from the latest debate. There's nothing she can do. All she can do now is make her case to be second chair. You know what shores up support, and this was surprising to me, is I actually went to Old Navy and got running shorts one time with a built-in <laughs> oh, brief God. like that. And that was like eight years ago. I still have those. Those are really – those are very That's comfortable. That's too long to hang on to running shorts. It's time to toss no, those. I, I, I have others. I have others. But okay. But I'm just saying that those were a couple of my favorites. Do those you are... rem- remember the time when you took out a pair of your underwear, your used underwear mm-hmm. at a sales meeting? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. And that was the last sales meeting we've been invited to. That was four years ago. Well, maybe, maybe well, tomorrow I bring in – well, we're going to be in Huntington Beach. Never mind. I was going to say I could bring in my old Navy running shorts. No. They don't make them like that anymore. Please don't. <laughs> you should wear those. Nope. You're going to be at the beach. They're a little, they're like an inch too <laughs> short to be little. wearing casually. <laughs> they're just short enough that if I wear them around the house, like if I'm either coming or going mm. from, from going for a run. Your wife calls you Larry Bird? Well, she does that and my, my daughter won't make eye contact with me. I don't okay, blame that's her. I don't blame short. her. It's I, not that short. It's just short enough. I mean, listen, she's 17. She grew up in a place at a time when you don't show your knees when you're wearing shorts. I mean, for a boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For if you're a girl, you've got your legs. All right. Gary and Shannon. Please have mercy on me. Take it easy on my. 
Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Those bad mosquitoes are taking over Connecticut, man. There are now 18 towns in Connecticut where the mosquitoes have tested positive for that eastern uh, equine encephalitis. Do they? I wonder if they spray like we do here. If they don't, they might want to uh, invest. Four, four in people have died in Michigan, three yeah. in Connecticut. We'll get into all the latest EEE news coming up when we talk strange science. Strange science. Speaking of, there's a story in there as well. Uh, the self-driving cars. Remember we talked about how Tesla has this new summon feature that right. you can... One of the worst things that can happen to self-driving cars is bugs. Really? Yeah, we'll explain that. But we're in the middle of Swamp Watch talking about what's going on in Washington, D.C. And on the presidential campaign trail, one of the things I found interesting was that, you know, we're seeing Kamala Harris sort of fade into the the second tier, which is almost a death knell for anybody at this point in the race for the nomination, specifically in California, which is bad. Now, we are not the first primary. I mean, you go through Iowa, South Carolina, New Hampshire, before you get to California, Nevada. But this is her home state. If she can't pull numbers in California, she's doomed. So the latest uh, couple of polls, one of them from L.A. Times in Berkeley, shows Elizabeth Warren in the lead with 29%. This is here in California. Elizabeth Warren, 29. Joe Biden, 20. And Bernie Sanders, 19. Everybody else kind of fades away. And when it comes to um, to Kamala Harris, she's just barely ahead of Pete Buttigieg here in California. The PPIC poll, similar. Elizabeth Warren at 23%. Joe Biden, 22%. Bernie Sanders, 21%. So a virtual tie at the top. And then a way down in second place, Kamala Harris with 8% to Pete Buttigieg, 6%. Mike Pence's name has surfaced regarding this path to impeachment that began with the call between the president and the Ukrainian president. The Washington Post reported overnight that the president repeatedly involved Pence in efforts to exert pressure on Ukraine at a time when the president was using other channels to solicit information that he hoped would be damaging to Biden. Trump reportedly instructed Pence not to attend the inauguration of the Ukrainian president, an event White House officials had pushed to put on the vice president's calendar. But they said you cannot go when Ukraine's new leader was seeking recognition and support from Washington. It was kind of like an FNU to the president, unless maybe the president did something for them. Uh, Months later, The Washington Post reports the president used Mike Pence to tell Zelensky in person that U.S. aid was still being withheld while demanding more aggressive action on corruption. Um, That was following the phone call. The phone call of uh, July 25th. Right. So after the phone call, the president instructs Mike Pence to to lean on Zelensky. So that's probably why Mike Pence this morning, when asked about it to reporters, said that I think every American has a right to know if the Bidens were using the office of vice president for their own private gain. There's I've never really quite understood the relationship between Mike Pence and um, and Donald Trump. Just they just on a personal level, they seem incredibly different. They are very different, completely different. The only reason Mike Pence was on the ticket is to get that evangelical vote. Because 
Trump was struggling on that front. Which is another thing I don't I cannot wrap my head around the idea that evangelicals would use. uh, What specific issue is it that they're relying on President Trump to be their champion for? Is it solely the issue of abortion? Because it's not about family values. It's not about any of that stuff. I think that they're afraid that if a Democrat was elected, that the laws on abortion would go by the wayside. I mean, all of the laws, all of the rules um, would just go away. And that it it would, I think in their minds, they think it would uh, popularize abortion if a Democrat was in the White House because they are so diametrically opposed to. But if, but is that I know it's a big issue. Yeah. Is that the issue? I would think I would I would mm. say so. Well, it's we'll see where Mike Pence comes down on this. Earlier today, Mike Pence came out and defended the president. We were reading that quote a little earlier where he did encourage uh governments to to root out corruption from within their ranks, even if it does involve Americans, but didn't specifically go after and say like President Trump did, he didn't specifically suggest that it was Ukraine and China who should go through and investigate joe and hunter biden when we come back the latest uh uh alex stone is going to join us we're going to have a latest on that settlement that was agreed to to pay out the victims of the 2017 shooting in las vegas gary and Shannon will continue right after this KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Anytime on the iHeartRadio app, you can listen to our podcasts on there as well. Stocks made up some uh, lost ground today. The Dow was up 123 points, looks like. Yesterday, of course, it dropped a few hundred. There was uh, some disappointing reports on the economy yesterday, but we saw things kind of level out a little bit today and make up uh, some of those points in the last hour or so of trading. Sports-wise, first division series game of 2019. Today will feature the Cardinals against the Braves in Atlanta. Pitch First pitch less than an hour from now. And then the big one tonight, Nationals come into town to take on the Dodgers in the best of five series. Two games here, two games possibly in uh, in Washington, and then one back here if they need it in uh, in L.A. Walker Bueller with the start tonight, which is uh, not Clayton Kershaw, which is odd. First time in how many years? Well, he didn't last year either. Oh, he didn't. This is the second year, but still, that's the sign. I mean, isn't that yeah, a sign? Two yeah. years in a row like that? Um, and then the other sports action tonight is the Rams taking on the Seahawks uh, up in Seattle. Well, it is a massive settlement today that we're learning about. MGM Resorts is agreeing to pay out up to $800 million to settle claims stemming from the Las Vegas massacre that happened in 2017. Alex Stone's been covering this story for us and for ABC News. And Alex, this uh, the number $800 million, not necessarily a surprise, right? No, it's not. We had known a couple of months ago in a regulatory filing that MGM had to make that they said they were getting ready that they might have to pay out up to $800 million, and that's the, the number that they're going with, up to $800 million. But this had been a long time coming, that there were hundreds of lawsuits, thousands of victims who had been suing MGM. But remember several months ago when MGM sued the victims because they were trying to get all of these individual cases into one big federal case, and it just didn't look good. The PR on it, even though they were doing what legally made sense, didn't look good. Now they're deciding, let's end this, 
and MGM's going to settle. It's a lot of money, but they'll get this behind them. They were actually countersuing at one point, which, you, as you mentioned, not a good look, but quite a um, quite a pretty normal run the run of the mill legal maneuver. It is a legal maneuver, but that's when you look at it and say, all right, legally, maybe that's what a big company does. But PR-wise, it didn't look good, and they got a lot of bad press over that of the victims coming out saying that they had woken up that morning and they were handed a lawsuit that they, as victims of this shooting, were being sued by MGM. Now, attorneys say, eh, it was a good legal move, but on the PR side of it, it didn't work out so well. They reached this point. I mean, he was going to come at some point. Either they were going to take these hundreds of lawsuits to trial, which seemed unlikely, or they could just put all of this behind them, and that's what they're doing today. And it's an emotional time for the victims anyway. It was two years ago this week that Vegas unfolded, and so there have been a number of remembrances, a lot of remembering of of the victims who died. Uh, And now for this, that... We're hearing from the victims today, and none of them are celebrating. They're saying they're glad to have this behind them. They're glad they're not being sued themselves by MGM any longer, that this will put all that to bed. But they lost their loved ones, and that they, they can't celebrate this week, and they can't celebrate this money. They don't know exactly how much they're going to get. That'll be figured out by an administrator, probably a retired judge who comes back and decides how much this family will get versus how much that family will get. Uh, but they say that this is just another step in what they've been going through over the past two years. Uh, have we heard at all from any of these uh, people who were there, the, the victims or their attorneys today? Yeah, we have. We've heard from a lot of them. Uh, there have been news conferences uh, in L.A., in Vegas, in Houston, in Chicago. There are law firms all over the country that, that took these cases, and many of them have thousands of victims who they're representing. But one of the... The victims who we heard from, uh, Chelsea Romo, she lost her eye. Her eye was shot out. She's got two young children, three and six years old, I believe. So they've really only known her as being with only one eye. She has shrapnel in her brain today, and she says that no amount of money is going to help what went on that day. She says she lives her life in fear. Here's what she told us a short time ago. I just try to cope with it the best way I know how. I look everywhere, and I'm always on high, high alert. I can't do small, crowded spaces. Yeah, she's in Vegas. We also was celebrating her 28th birthday in Las Vegas that night. She was shot and killed, and he, too, says... You know, you can pay me as much as you want to pay me. doesn't make up for losing my daughter, Andrea. I think the hardest part is um, missing my daughter and seeing her picture and her not being there. I have all her things at my home, her jackets, her clothing, her all her personal items that I will never get rid of that are displayed in my house. And, and it'll always be like that, and I'll never forget her, ever. Yeah, he says still he's in a rough mindset that he's tried over these past two years to, to get help in any, any way possible, but that this week is a tough week because of the the anniversary and now this, and, and he's going to try to to move forward with whatever way he needs to with this, but it's not about the money. He says if he gets a couple hundred thousand out of this, he gets a couple of million out of it. He says that's not what this is about. You know, you don't think about the people who, like that, that young mom, uh, have to have reminders of that night every day throughout their life and live with those effects of of a massacre like that you know you think about the people who lost their lives but you don't think about all the people who were injured 
Yeah, and there were hundreds of them who came fleeing out that night, and uh, they came out. They were, I was there that night. They were bloody. They had lost their, their clothing. Uh, they were screaming for help. That Those are the people who are going to, for the rest of their lives, have issues. I had a, a woman call me a couple of weeks ago who reached out knowing that, that I was in Vegas that night and just wanting to talk to people who were there. And the story that she has, that she, for the past two years, has been going through therapy and she can't get over it. The sound of the gunfire, the, the running, seeing people falling, she's going to live with it, and so many others are as well. They're going to live with that the, the rest of their lives. And there's been a lot of money spent on therapy and on medical bills and whatnot. Some of that is being taken care of. There's a, a victim compensation fund that, uh, that Las Vegas set up and the federal government set up, the DOJ. Now this money will help out as well, but there are a lot of survivors who can't be in crowds any longer, can't be in venues anymore where there are a lot of people around. So they're going to suffer for really the rest of their lives. Alex, thank you. You got it. Thanks, guys. Alex Stone there at the latest. Again, this settlement announced today as much as $800 million from MGM Resorts International to the uh, victims of the 2017 Vegas shooting. All right, Tech Talk coming up next. Weak passwords on the docket today. Also, Microsoft has a new phone. We'll get into it when we come back to Gary. Gary. Yep. Yeah. I was just going to say that. No, you can do that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. No, no, I was. I should allow you to do the whole thing. No. You don't need to allow me to do anything. That's an excellent point as well. (laughs) Monica, save us. Oh, wow. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Vice President Mike Pence defending the president's call that foreign governments investigate the Bidens. Pence uh, echoing Trump's private and public urging of Ukraine's president to investigate Biden. Trump, of course, now this morning saying China should investigate Biden. Well, it's time for Tech Talk. The machines are getting smarter. This is Tech Talk. Brought to you by Skynet. Every Thursday about this time, we get a chance to talk to our friend and tech maven, uh, Mark Saltzman, who joins us. Mark, how are you today? (laughs) Wow, thanks for that lovely intro. I'm great, guys. How are you, Gary, Shannon? um, We're good. Give you a little promotion, I figure. Uh, I'll take it. I am much like the 75% of Americans who responded to this Harris poll that uh, it is frustrating (laughs) trying to keep track of all of my passwords everywhere. Mm -hmm. So much so that some of my passwords are, you know, FU123456. (laughs) And you're sharing this on LA's top talk radio station. That's yep. amazing. Yep. You, you're, you know, here's the, the irony. We're supposed to have these complicated passwords that aren't easy to guess, yet we're not supposed to use the same passwords for everything. So, like, what do you do? You can use those password manager apps, by the way, like Dashlane or OnePass. Those are pretty good. But, yeah, you're right. This uh, study commissioned by Google found that, yeah, 75% of Americans find that it's um, overwhelming to manage their passwords. And as a result, a quarter of Americans use passwords like one, two, three, four, five, six, the word password, or, you know, your dog's name, your cat's name, your kid's name, your birthday, that kind of thing. And those can be easily cracked, even without complicated software that these hackers use. They can easily guess. Like if you have a, a crazy X 
like we all do, they could easily guess your password if they wanted to, to access all your online activity. Not good. So get, get Google to the rescue. They want to help you with this. So I did mention those password keeper apps are a good idea, but also Google has something new coming up called Password Checkup. This is an add-on, a feature built into the Chrome browser. So if that's the web browser that you prefer on your PC or your Mac or even on your mobile devices, Password Checkup does two things. It warns you if your passwords are too weak. It war- Actually, three things. It warns you if your passwords have been duplicated, because if you're lazy and you're using that same password for everything. Or the third thing that it does is tell you if your password has been compromised which is kind of cool. It'll actually flag it and say, hey, this site, you know, I don't know, Equifax or Yahoo or, you know, name them. Everybody's been breached. Uh, this, this, this has been breached, so change it now. So that's a pretty cool add-on. It's going to be free coming soon. Password checkup is a feature baked into Chrome, the browser. How do they know that the, the password had been breached or, or compromised? So they cross-reference it with the data that is publicly available from these companies. Often they have to reveal this. Um, and it could be a, a very high-profile breach like the ones that I mentioned or even lesser-known ones. Um, they know which passwords have been breached. Or they scour. They do one of two things. They also scour the dark web, as it's called. Um, and they are able to see if your password matches any other ones that are on this, like on these, on these lists that, that you can, that you can uh, access. So, or at least Google can access. So that way it's, it's kind of like those services that you can pay for your protection, like, you know, the, to protect, to, uh, prevent things like, uh, identity theft. They also have tools that scours the dark web to tell you if your name and password have been found anywhere else. So Google is using similar technology from what I understand. Mark, what's up with this Android phone by Microsoft? Yeah. So again, if you can't beat them, join them. Uh, a couple of years ago, you may remember there was uh, these Windows phones out there that just just couldn't do it, just couldn't make it. You know, we've got 83% of phones in the world that are built by Android. The rest are Apple. So 13, uh, 17% are Apple. So, uh, Microsoft is coming back again with this big event they had in New York, unveiling a whole slew of products. And one of them was called Surface Duo. This looks really neat. It is a small foldable Android phone and they'll have some Microsoft software as well, but it's a ridiculously thin phone that unfolds from the twin to uh, 5.6 inch screens to make an 8.3 inch tablet. So similar to what Samsung is doing this year and some other companies. Uh, but interestingly, Microsoft is embracing Android for this. So it's a dual screen phone. You can use it when it's closed to make calls or send a text, then open it to the full 8.3 inches if you want to read ebooks or play games or watch video. Uh, and there will be some productivity software from Microsoft in there. So very interesting, very slim, very, a lot thinner than some of these other phones. So if you Google, Microsoft Surface Duo, you will see this new, uh, newly unveiled smartphone coming by the holidays. And then similarly, they also unveiled something called Surface Neo. So instead of Surface Duo, Surface Neo is a larger tablet sized dual screen device. Again, you can use it when it's folded up or when you unfold it. So that's kind of cool. Aren't we worried about these, dual, a lot of buzz about it. these dual screen devices because the actual physical properties of the hinge itself is what's been causing problems? Yeah, good point, Gary. Anytime there is um, 
something that can be moved on a piece of technology or bent or, or twisted, it's, it, it leaves more um, room for wear and tear. And that is always a problem with tech. The rule of thumb among tech manufacturers, these consumer electronics makers, is that the fewer moving parts, the better. Because, yeah, once you get something, unless it's really well built, um, it, it does invite some problems. There are some exceptions, like the laptop manufacturers have got it now, obviously, after a couple of decades. When you keep opening and closing that lid, it can withstand many tens of thousands of, of times before it, it could affect the screen in any way. So I think it's still early days for smartphones, and it's something that's a little bit more fragile because it's almost all screen and something you slip in your pocket. Uh, but yeah, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna figure it out. But I think it's pretty exciting that Microsoft is throwing its hat into this dual screen space um, because I, I like the idea of a versatile product that can du- do, serve as double duty, both a smartphone and a tablet in, in one device. I love it. So yeah, but we haven't had any hands-on time with it yet to see if it can, uh, you know, withstand the test of time. Facebook is going to start testing, uh, hiding the number of likes, reactions, and video <laughs> views from posts in Australia. Now, why, while this might be good for all of our mental health to not see those likes and all of that, what will it do to influencers who make money off of know, their right? likes? Yeah, and that's a great point because earlier this year, uh, Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, did announce that they were going to test dropping likes. And that is the currency. Let's face it. And the influences are compensated often by how many likes you get in part. You know, there's other factors like engagement and comments and things like that. But it's a way to measure the success of a post. So Facebook is using Australia or parts of Australian um, Facebook users to test what it's like to remove likes. So you won't know if people like the picture of your lunch that you're eating and you won't know if your joke fell flat or if it was hilarious. So that is something they're doing and they want you to focus. And I, and the reason is again, similar to Instagram, they want you to focus on the content, the photos and the videos and not attribute any sort of currency to it. I don't think it's going to last. I mean, I think people like to express when they like something or they don't like something and there's nothing more convenient than just tapping or clicking that little thumbs up. Um, I don't know if there's another way to do it. Cause then you, if you're forced to make a comment, you know, we're very lazy. We're la- We're very lazy people. <laughs> we may not leave a comment at all. We may just scroll to the next post. <laughs> so true. But um, yeah, it's interesting. It's, you know, are we too focused on that? Like, you know, um, interesting. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. But they are testing it before it comes to uh, the good old USA. We'll see. Well, Mark, thank you for your time once again. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right. We got some strange sciencey stories to do when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Monica Ricks, what's up? So Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Lawmakers on Capitol Hill heard testimony today from the former special U.S. envoy to Ukraine, who's become a central figure, really, in the uh, impeachment inquiry against the president. His name's Kurt Volker. Once obscure diplomat is the first witness in the impeachment investigation. He testified behind closed doors. Investigators plan to ask about any role he may have played in Trump's efforts to press Ukrainian officials for damaging information about Biden. Apparently, Kim Jong-un is upset that he's not in our headlines lately, so he carried out his first underwater launch ballistic missile test in three years. He wants to be asked for dirt on Biden. (laughs) Yeah, I I could make up some stuff. 
The Pentagon rejected North Korea's claim, saying that the short-to-medium-range missile was not launched from a submarine, but instead came from a uh, a barge out there in the ocean. A sea-based platform is what they said. Mm. Well, I got some weird science. You saw a little Starship news. I got not not Jefferson Starship, just Starship. I've got a deadly virus Fireballs. working its way through some uh, some states far away from us. Self-driving cars and bugs. These are all strange. <gasps> and sciencey. Strange science. Ah. Strange science. I love alliteration. It's like weird science, but strange. God, where did start? What? I did love alliteration. <laughs> EEE is a rare brain infection transmitted through a mosquito bite. Eleven people are now dead from this. The worst outbreak of eastern equine encephalitis the U.S. has seen in decades. It's fatal for about 30% of the people get it, and many of the survivors have ongoing neurological problems, according to the CDC. Scientists are working to figure out why the disease is spreading and what we can do about it. That is crazy. So... Six states have reported cases. Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, North Carolina, and Tennessee. And I believe Connecticut as well. Yeah, Connecticut is ground right. zero, isn't it? Right. Where there's all those different communities. Well, what do you do to prevent that? Kill all the mosquitoes? Right. For the first time in nearly 30 years, aerial spraying is happening in Rhode Island. Wow. And you know what? People are going to be pissed off at that as well. Because they're going to believe oh, sure. that it's contrails and stuff. Exactly. The government is spraying little cameras down on us. Uh, a couple of space things to tell you about. There were some things that fell out of the sky in Chile last week. Um, Falling fireballs. Yeah. And they crash landed in seven different locations that actually all of them set off fires in these areas where they fell down. Now, there's a couple of things that fall from the sky. Meteorites. And space junk that we put up there that has uh, lost its um, orbitational nest or orbitationness. It's falling out of orbit. So it's either rocks or junk. Well, they looked at it, and while one person said it was probably meteorites, the geologists released an official assessment. None of the seven sites contained traces of meteorites. So it was space junk. Probably. From or, whom? Yeah, it's the thing. Who is causing the trash up in space? Well. Is it the Russians? No, it's probably us. But in all honesty, oh. it could have come from outside our orbit as well. Outside our orbit? Yes, microorganisms from other places. Now, listen, that is also an issue. If you've seen Elon Musk, he came out with the um, the unveiling of the Starship Mark One, the first definitive step towards building a spacecraft capable of interplanetary fight. These flight will, that is, sorry. These will be missions to Earth orbit, the Moon, Mars, and beyond. However, there is an astrobiologist who's pushing back against Elon Musk. Of course, there is. Her name is Samantha Rolf. Zero fun. She's from the University of Hertfordshire. And she said in an article in the Conversation is what it's called. uh, She said she can't help having a number of moral reservations about Elon Musk and SpaceX's goal of landing on Mars by 2024. I'll be damned if Samantha stops my plan of sending Chris Little to Mars. Well, that she may also have an issue with. 
Why? She refers to it as um, an astrobiological concern. So? It's not the rocket technology she's worried about. She believes that there will be technology that allows us to fly to Mars. Um, But she says sending human explorers to Mars carries many inherent risks to human safety. But, listen, maybe to Martian safety as well. She said that humans going to Mars could carry the risk of contaminating the planet with Earth-based organisms. And what's the what's worst-case scenario there? That the microbridden humans that are walking along the red planet, I'm looking at you, Matt Damon, could contaminate it with bugs from Earth. And the contamination may threaten any of the alien organisms if, in fact, they exist. Well, Samantha's off her ass, clearly. Why? Because we don't have any proof of that. Well, she says if they exist. Right. Well, isn't that the same thing coming back? I mean, if if uh, true, if Bob steps in some pile of Martian dung and gets it on the bottom of his Mars boot, brings it brings his Mars boot Fullerton. Right. Aren't we screwed then too? Samantha. The uh, idea of self-driving cars is a beautiful idea. I love the idea. In fact. Today, I was thinking as I was stuck in traffic, wouldn't it be nice if I could just look around at all of the people in the cars next to me as they pick their nose with thinking that no one's looking at them? What is it about driving and people oh, picking gosh. their nose? It's that, Why do people think that no one can see them? I, I can't. It's for the same reason that you're going you're gonna, to you know, blow air biscuits in your own car is because you don't think anybody can smell them. It was a scratch. No, it was not, Monica. Below air biscuit. You were knuckle deep up in that, and you stayed there. <laughs> I don't know if it was because your finger was cold or what, but the Just kept it warm. We'll come back and talk about why it is that self driving cars. One of the one of the worst things for self driving cars is bugs. Bugs. We'll continue strange science here. Good thing moment. we don't have any of those. Gary and Shannon will continue. <gasps> Maybe we could use our self-driving cars to kill all the mosquitoes in those states with the EEE. Oh, you know what else is bad? We're talking about bugs are bad for cars. Mm-hmm. You know what's bad for elderly uh, Americans? Yeah. Uh, STDs. Yeah. Get into that as well. Gary and Wasn't Shannon. Wasn't the president at the Villages today? Yep. Yeah. Mm. That's not his message, though. All right. That's not what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Monica Ricks has enough. <laughs> Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Big sports night tonight. Dodgers host the Washington Nationals. The uh, first game in the best of five division series against Washington. The other uh, National League division series gets started in just a few minutes, as a matter of fact. Uh, St. Louis is in Atlanta to take on the Braves. Big football night tonight as well because the Rams are up in uh, Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Showdown of the NFC West. Jared Groff, I think, is going to have three picks. You mean for second place? Yeah, exactly, because the 49ers. Undefeated. Undefeated. When's the last time? And they play they play uh, Cleveland on Monday night. It's I, been a while. I was thinking, when's the last time the 49ers went 4-0? Or even 4-0 if they win on Monday. That's Not to get a, ahead of that's them. That's going to be a tough game. That's going to be a test. Um, But I'm excited. ESPN put out a list of uh, like top 10 Super Bowl projection matchups. Mm-hmm. 49ers were in two of those. 49ers Chiefs, uh, 49ers Patriots. 
I would prefer to see the Chiefs. I think but everybody's getting tired. Even that, even Patriots fans are like, okay, let's let somebody else. Could you imagine a week of Jimmy G, Tom Brady stories? Yeah. Of how they, how, you know, the relationship and the friendship and the whole blah, blah. And who's more handsome? I'm already tired of Super Bowl week press and we're in week four. Uh, we were talking about some strange science stuff and there is an interesting, uh, an interesting uh, Achilles heel perhaps for some of our self-driving cars. The mess on the windshield mm. when you go through different places this, you know, you driving through the summer. One of the worst places is anywhere north of Stockton after June 1st. There are bugs everywhere up in the Central Valley. And the mess on the windshield is a problem. But when you're driving a Tesla or some other sort of autonomous vehicle, those little sensors also are subjected to bug carcasses all over the place. And if you've got bug carcasses splattered across those sensors, you're going to have a very critical loss of information. There will be crashes. So they're coming up with like a uh, sensor cleaning, cooling and control system. That's <laughs> so weird. Uh, Ford is working with a company called Argo AI. And one of the things that they're doing is um, this this preventative approach where they, if they could keep the bugs or or snow or dust or whatever from hitting the sensor lens, that wouldn't be a problem. But obviously that you need to keep the sensor. You can't put anything in front of it. You can't put a shield in front of it because that's going to affect how the LIDAR works. So the air shield, now they're saying, consists of a single nozzle that resides on one side of this thing, blows air in front of the lens, which doesn't put anything there. It just would keep bugs away. It would blow the bugs out of the way. It's just a little jet of air that uh, is constantly blowing across there. Before we get to sex at leisure uh, world, can we go back to space for a minute? Because it was 50 years ago today that the Apollo 11 landed on the moon. And... Until now, we haven't been able to see Buzz Aldrin's face through that spacesuit. 50 years ago. What did I say? Not 50 years ago today. That's what I meant. 50 yeah. years ago. Yes. Period. Yeah. Thank you. Um, well, I just don't want people to call us imbeciles. No, they w- and they will. they will. And they will. What are you, dumb? Don't you remember? <laughs> Live radio, yeah. all right? Yeah. We're not reading off a script. Uh, Andy Saunders is 45, wasn't even born, obviously. He was able to brighten and darken the shades of the photo pixel by pixel to reveal Buzz Aldrin's face, and it reveals a smile in that that. photograph taken by Neil Armstrong. It's amazing. It's a picture, if you can imagine it, it's an iconic photo of Buzz standing looking at the flag. So you see him from the profile. You see the left side of his body, and he's looking at the flag. Bright, bright sunlight, obviously, and it's, you know, there's a shadow in the background of the lander, and you can't see because of the reflection and the the gold-plated uh, helmet, the visor there, you can't see his face. We just retweeted the uh, picture as well at Gary and Shannon if you want to check it out. This guy goes through Photoshop or some other photo editing software and is able to lighten up parts of it, reduce some of the glare on parts of it, and instead of looking at the flag... Buzz Aldrin is looking to his left at Neil Armstrong with a big S-eaten moon pie grin on his face. Of course he would have a huge grin. I mean, can you imagine the adrenaline and just the great sense of accomplishment? That's a a fun little 
fact of history right there. Well, new data is not so fun. It shows sexually transmitted diseases are rising among older people. This is not new, but it's getting worse. (laughs) Uh, The rate of disease went up by 23% in the UK for those age 65 and over in the last five years. Uh, Old gals need love, too. Hmm. What do you mean? Hmm. Is this because of all the uh, pills that they uh, take now? Yes. Okay. Well, don't say, I mean, it's not just because the dudes are taking the pills. What are the women taking? I don't know. Are there some sort of hormones that make you feel like you're uh, 19? I don't, I don't know. Um, What are you writing down? I'm writing the, perhaps one of the things that, that they're getting done that could I get it. So they're feeling more confident. They could. Yeah, they they, they very possibly could. A side note to this is uh, <laughs> this has become a a punchline in several shows lately. The idea that oh, you really? go to visit grandpa in the home and it turns out that he's, you know, yeah, he's banging, banging around, banging around left and right in the old bingo room. Right. The bingo room is now changed. Bingo to the is bingo. Room. Whoa. And there was one on that show I was telling you about from Fox, the 911 show, yeah. the emergency responders. There was a guy who wouldn't come out of his uh, his room in the home, even though his son and daughter were there to take him out or something like that, because he was embarrassed because he had some. A boner? No, no, no. He had some wounds. Oh, perhaps, oh around. God. Yeah. And the, the paramedics were like, uh, just so you know, we're taking Bob to the hospital. If there's anybody here who had sex with Bob, you're going to want to go to the hospital oh, to get checked out. God. And like a half a dozen of the women stand up. And then an old guy goes, what if you've had sex with one of the people who's had sex with Bob? And then the entire room stands up. <laughs> Well, you know, good for them. Uh, but you've uh, got to, you know, use protection. Wrap it kids. up, Grandpa. Wrap it up. Cover that. All right. So you don't end up with wounds, for the love of God. John and Ken coming up next. Thank God. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. Blessings. Watch for another episode soon of Gary and Shannon. Get a credit card that gives you what you need now, a low interest rate on everyday purchases, and place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest interest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed, and together, they can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit PenFed.org slash gold card. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Okay.